from Best in the World Sports and Joe Sports Live. You are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And here's your host, John Brown. All right, y'all, bring it in. It's time for another edition of the Best in the World Sports Report. John Brown, my partner in crime, Mike Jones. What's going on? Man? What's that? I got. You. I was ready for it this time. <laughs> you could have went either way with the greeting. I, I was ready. I was ready. I was. I prepared. was ready, but I got to keep them on their toes. I understand that. Speaking of ready, guess yeah. who was ready last Sunday? Nick Foles. Nick Foles was and ready. Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles were ready. Avante Maddox was ready. Avante Maddox was very ready. Fletcher Cox was ready. Ready. Who else was ready? Jim Schwartz. Was Jim ready. Schwartz was ready. Uh, let's see. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey. He was ready. Ready. Nelson Aguilar. He was ready. ready. Uh, let's see. Um, Josh Adams was ready. Golden Tate. Golden Tate was ready. Wendell Smallwood was, was ready. ready. Yes. Now, our, the question is, can they be ready for another week? Can they or will they? No, I asked can they. Can they, yes. Exactly. They absolutely can. We're asking be can. Ready. We'll get into the will and will they and what will they okay. do. We'll get into that a little bit later. If we talk about if we get if that the out, the question is can. The answer is yeah. Yes. Exactly. If we if we were to ask now, will they do it? Then it would just be like, all right, y'all. Well, then we'll see Thanks you next week. Thanks for coming <laughs> in. Thanks for listening to. I, I had to go. I had to get right into my my closing. Start reminding people about what's on Philly Go Flow and what you know what uh, podcast they can download. But honestly, here we are again. We are in this position again. Well, you know what? We're not in this position again. We haven't been in this position before. There's some similarities to the position that we're in, but we really haven't been in this position before. You know what this season is similar to? What? Herpes. Word? Every time you think it's gone, it comes right back. Okay. All right. I really wasn't expecting to go with that one. Um, this season and, is like um, a disease. Okay. It just won't go away. It just won't go away. Oh, okay. Did you need it to go away? I didn't need it to go away, but I'll be mm. com- completely honest. Mm-hmm. Going into that Rams game, yes, you were I was at a point where I had accepted that the season was over. And once you accept it, you're, mm-hmm. not that you enjoy it or you like it, mm-hmm. but you've dealt with it. Like, okay, it, it, it's done. Eagles, it was a bad year. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think about how we could bounce back next year, mm-hmm. what kind of offseason. What? What do you mean we're up <laughs> by two touchdowns in the third quarter? What do you, what? What do you what? mean they haven't scored but 10, it's... 13 points? Huh? Know what this feel, know what this season feels like. Know what this season What's feels that? like? season feels like normalcy to me. I've said it a million times before, my friend. The team that you love, the team that I love, the team that we love, Mm -hmm. the Philadelphia Eagles, are the proverbial bad girlfriend. That's what they are. They're a bad girlfriend. Every Every year they break your heart. They end up doing something nice with their with themselves, fixing themselves up making themselves look pretty and you fall in love with them again and you think that everything's going to work out and everything's going to be different this time around even though all the time your friends keep telling you hey this is a bad idea hey don't do it hey you're going to get hurt 
and you think this time is going to be different. And then you get to someplace along the line and they break your heart again. Now, last year, mm-hmm. it was the storybook. It was a storybook relationship. Where did everything end? It ended at a wedding. Made it all the way. To Made the it all the way to the honeymoon. And we got there. But unfortunately, we have to start all over again. We have to start all over again. And now, once again, we're sitting here when we're when everything is telling you that this is wrong, believing that, you know what, maybe it could be different. Maybe we can turn this around. Maybe we can do, you know, it'll be better this time around. Maybe Doug Peterson will keep committing to the run. Maybe. Maybe Jim Schwartz will keep bringing pressure. Maybe. Maybe the defensive line will keep getting home. Maybe our quarterback will keep spreading the ball around. Maybe. Maybe our secondary will keep making plays. Maybe. These are the maybes we're looking at. These are the maybes that we're looking at. But also, as we sit here, as we, you know, we're sitting here, there are things I wanted to point out. There's things I wanted to talk to you about. Let's do it. I'm ready. One of the things that that kind of bothers me about this whole narrative is the, you know, is the here we go again mentality. Because this is not, we're not going through this again. This is different. This is not, yes, we're sitting here looking at possibly a second straight offseason, possibly a second straight playoff run because they got to get to the playoffs. They got to get there first. They got to get there first. But we're looking, you know, we're looking at possibly uh, another playoff run without Nick Foles. Oh, excuse me, without Carson Wentz. That is the only similarity. This is not last year. This is definitely not last year. I see. Last year after the Rams game, we had lost Carson Wentz, mm-hmm. but we were a 12-win football team. Yes. Number one seed, all but secured at that point. Exactly. Your running game had been consistent all, well, I was about to say all year, but it's from week three on. Mm-hmm. Your defense was consistent all year. Mm-hmm. Your, your receiving core was mm-hmm. consistent all year. It's definitely not last year. It's not last year. And that is the point where it's like I I want to be I want to be excited. I want to be optimistic. I am trying not to be pessimistic about this because at this point I feel like you're playing with house money. Well, let me ask you a question. Okay. Last year, going into the last couple games, the last three games specifically, when Nick Foles took over the helm. Mm-hmm. You're twelve and one. You finished what thirteen and three. Mm-hmm. So you're one and two over the last three games. Mm-hmm. But those last three games, you're in a situation where it's like, no, oh, we can go out there, work on some stuff, try to get some time and get some rhythm, and see what happens. Now this year, you're seven and seven. You have no margin for error. Do you think you felt more comfortable? Last year, not knowing yet that Wentz was – not Wentz, excuse me, that Foles was capable of that type of run in the playoffs, just thinking, man, we just lost our potential MVP and Foles is in now. Or do you feel more comfortable this year where your playoff spot is not secure, but you have a guy stepping in who you know is capable of catching lightning in a bottle? <laughs> 
there was a lot of discomfort to go around. I think this because the situ- because of the point that I was making that the situations are different. Mm-hmm. It makes answering the question a little bit uh, difficult, but I but I this is why. Okay. Last year, there was I, what I was uncomfortable with was was trusting Nick Foles to keep steering this ship. I feel like well, you well, know, there's well, some me, of I just want to throw it out there. There are some of us on tape thinking Nick Foles was good enough to win games. I just okay. wanted to throw that I mean, out there. That's fine. But continue. Uh, 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 that I like, I, you know, that I like I patting myself on the back that, sometimes. That's all. That I, <laughs> that I understand. But honestly, you know what? When hindsight being 2020, Nick Foles' ability to win games, did you did you Nick Foles' ability to win games with that team last season mm-hmm. was a different task. Because that was a team built to win games. Absolutely. That was a team that could win games. That was a team that had a bona fide running game that was on cruise control. The situations are different. Absolutely different. Because now you're because now you're not asking Nick Foles just to steer the ship. You're asking Nick Foles to write this ship. Now the question isn't I had my questions and I had my doubts over whether Nick Foles was good enough to maintain the course to stay the course he proved me wrong i can admit that he proved me wrong however now you're asking can nick what nick Foles isn't he isn't just he isn't just managing he isn't just maintaining he's writing a ship now you know you're making all sorts of things pop in my head right we got all the time in the world let them pop all right all right so here's one for you okay now we're looking at it. Now we're saying it's a different situation, different team. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of different variables going into mm-hmm. it this year. Question number one: Last year's offense versus this year's offense. Mm-hmm. Which one do you think was more talented group? Last year versus this year. Mm-hmm. I think last year. Because of the running game. Because of the running game, because you had receivers that were healthy all season long. Your yes. receivers are healthy now. Caesar, see, receivers are healthy now. Mm-hmm. But that, I'm, that, I'm, I'm going I'm simply on right now, not all year. Okay. Eagles right now versus Eagles at this point last year when Nick mm-hmm. Foles steps in. Offense more or less talented. I think offense is more talented. Right okay. now. No, no, I'm sorry. I thought offense was more talented last year. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So – and you think that the receivers were more talented last year? I think the receivers were more talented. I think the running backs were more talented. I think the tight ends were more talented. Mm. Running backs, that that's an easy one. I can't argue that. Running, I'm, I'm saying yeah, – Tight saying, ends? Yes. Yes, I'm saying – I am saying Ertz, Ertz is having I'm a saying, record yes, pace yes, here. Yes, I'm saying Ertz, Burton, and Selleck are better than Ertz, Goddard, and – Rodgers. Rodgers. Yes, I'm saying Ertz, Burton, and Selleck are a better tight end group than Ertz, Rodgers, and Goddard. Yes. Debatable, but I'll give it to you. I think, I think e- even without Jason Peters, I think Halapulavati Vitae was playing at a better level than he's playing now. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that offensive line was a little more solid last year than it is now. I think tight ends are better. I think wide receivers are better. Yes, I think yes. I think last year's team is more talented than this year's team. Okay. Now it's funny. Because last year at this time, 
we were looking at last year's team, and the O-line without Jason Peters was a mm-hmm. big question. Yes. We yes. had all sorts of questions yes. about Big V and Sayamalu and No, you're you're, you're absolutely and, right, but we have the but, and, but we have we have the power of hindsight now. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, like hindsight is 20 as they always say hindsight is 2020. 20. So yes, looking back now on a team that we've now seen rise to the top whether you know, compared to where we were this time last year, yeah, you know what? There were a lot of question marks. You know what? Last year I wasn't sure going into the playoffs. And, I was And I that's kind of what that's kind of what I want to know. Not how you feel about the Eagles looking back at them from last year, but more so try to remember how you felt about them in the moment mm-hmm. last year. Yes, I guess, and and I guess honestly that is, but honest, that's just that's par for the course. You know, that's just the name of the game. Like, yeah, you know what? There are a lot of question marks, and at this point right now, it's like okay, they in the end. We could be two months from now, two, three months from now, we could be sitting there looking back and like, wow, look at that magical run. And we'll be saying, we'll be like, hey, what was, you know, what was more exciting? What was the more incomparable run? You know, the first time, you know, going to the first championship or winning the second championship? Oh, the second one would absolutely be more improbable yeah. if they were to make that run. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I'm, what last year proved to me, was that nothing is impossible. I'm not going to come out here and say, hey, the Eagles have no shot. But I'm not. But I'm also not going to sit here and say, hey, you know what? They did it last year, so they can do it this year. Is- hey, Nick, Fo- Nick Foles did it last year. He can do it this year. It's a new season. It is a new season. It's a new season. Vari- variables are different. I think we're asking Nick Foles to do something different. I think there are people who will automatically say, hey, Nick Foles came in. And you hear it all the time, hey, because there were you hear it all the time because there were plenty of people who came in who were, when when Carson struggled were saying, hey, maybe we should go to Nick Foles. We talked about it on this show. Was it time for a quarterback change? Uh, did Carson really struggle though? I think uh, there. Yeah, I, I did Carson struggle. I think we know. And you know He's as got well a QB as rating you, over you know as well you know as well as I do. You know as well as I do that when a team loses, who are they looking at? I understand, mm-hmm. but I'm just asking: Are we really saying Carson struggled with seventy percent completions? No, we're not a three saying, to a three to one touchdown that. to interception We're ratio. not saying that. But what I'm saying, we're not saying that. But the fact remains is it has it has been said. It has been said. It has been said. But a lot of things have been said. Yeah. But that's what we do. We talk about what's being said. It's been said that RG3 was a franchise quarterback, that he was the future for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Then he didn't play again after the next year. So, I mean, a lot of things have been it's said. Been, it's been said. But nonetheless, once again, we're two brothers with microphones, so we can talk <laughs> about it. We get to say what we, we want We get to now. say what we want. Exactly. We get to say, and for me, when I what I am saying is, hey, look, what I have learned over the last three, four years now is, look, in the end, can Nick Foles do, can Nick Foles do it? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I've doubted him more than enough times in my lifetime. So I'm so I can say, hey, you know what? I don't know, whatever. But bottom line is, if he did, I wouldn't be shocked. So. 
Do you right now doubt Nick Foles still? Do I doubt him? No. You don't doubt him anymore. I don't doubt You're him. past doubting Nick I'm, Foles. Yeah, yeah. Dude's the Super Bowl MVP. I don't. That, that's a fair question because there's still a lot of people that still have their doubts. No, I, it was a fluke. He got lucky. He can't duplicate it again. It was a magical run, but you know. But here's the thing. But the thing about it is, yes, 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 and no. Yeah, I thought there was some luck. Yeah, I thought there was some fluke elements to it. But do I doubt him still? Given all that, do I doubt him? No. Okay. Could he could he come in here and turn it around? Could he come in here and run the table? Yes. I mean, would I be shocked? No. From my perspective, at some point, when you start looking at a guy's track record, mm -hmm. you have to start believing that's who the guy is. Mm -hmm. We could say, well, he doesn't look like this on mm -hmm. film, yep. or he looks kind of goofy or uncoordinated, mm -hmm. especially if he's trying. I don't care about any of that. Yeah. I'm looking at results. No, you, Do you, you remember Nick Foles' first playoff game? Against the Saints, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Under the worst coach in NFL history. <laughs> you remember that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Name rhyme with blip uh, jelly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, do you remember what the situation was when Nick Foles left the field of that game? Yes. Fourth quarter lead. So they had the lead? Yes. And uh, do you remember why they left that field? Why? What, what their last offensive play was leaving the field. Wasn't it the score to go ahead? Mm -mm. What, what was it? Refresh my memory. They, are, they had the ball. They were already ahead. Okay. Nick Foles throws a perfectly placed pass into the breadbasket of one Riley Cooper on a post route up the middle. Mm -hmm. If he would have caught that ball, and I was always under the impression that the job description of a wide receiver is to, catch the ball. Is to receive the ball. Yes. So if he were competent at doing his job when he's not getting hit, not under pressure, and the ball is perfectly placed in his stomach mm -hmm. in stride, yes. as slow as Riley Cooper was, go back and watch that tape. If he catches that ball, no one is stopping him from running before he's in the tunnel. Instead, he dropped it. So they should have been still driving or extending a lead because Nick Foles made the right read and the right throw mm -hmm. when already having the lead. And then once that happens, then the defense who's been overworked all year comes in and gives it up. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until they had the ball while already having the lead and Nick Foles puts the ball in someone's stomach with a perfect pass. The moment was not too – my point being, the moment was not too big for Nick Foles, and he mm -hmm. performed in the playoffs. He should have had his first playoff win in his first playoff game, except for one Riley Cooper. Next time you see him in the playoffs, what does Nick Foles look like? He wins a Super Bowl. 3-0. and 3-0, okay. Should be 4-0. The guy shows up in the playoffs. There, out of four playoff games, you can uh, – reasonably say he's had one bad half one and eight halves mm -hmm. that's 87.5 percent of those quarters are good quarter good to great 12 and a half percent bad mm. that's a pretty good ratio so at some point 
when do we go in from saying when do we go from saying you know what Nick Foles is an all right quarterback best backup in the league to say this guy really has big time talent at some point we have to look at his track record and say this is who he is well that's fine well then let's pivot that conversation off the point that you just made then if he has the track record that he has mm-hmm. and he's proven that he can get it he can get it done in the playoffs in the most pressure situations mm-hmm. what do you do with them then because you have a quarterback that you just drafted to second overall who now has a fractured back. What do you do with that quarterback if you have a quarterback who has a proven track record in in camp? <laughs> what do you do? <sighs> well, I will say this. First and foremost, all else being equal, if both quarterbacks are 100% healthy, there's no question who the more talented player is. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is definitely more talented. Mm-hmm. Stronger arm, better legs, and at bare minimum, when they're both at 100%, Carson Wentz is just as good a decision maker, if not better. Intelligence is, by all accounts, Carson Wentz's best attribute. Nick Foles, of course, is a very heady quarterback as well but Carson Wentz that is by far his strength so it's amazing to people on the outside looking in that you have this type of situation but you don't have the quote unquote quarterback controversy it's common knowledge Wentz is healthy Wentz is the quarterback that's even common knowledge for the current starting quarterback, Nick Foles. He knows Wentz is healthy, it's Wentz's job. Mm-hmm. But I do, and I am not one who will try to ever argue that Nick Foles is better than Wentz. But what I will absolutely argue is that Nick Foles is better than at least, let's see. 32 teams in the league, I'd say Nick Foles is better than at least 14 to 15 starting quarterbacks. Okay. He is that. Okay. Because, once again, we understand, I understand what you're saying. But since we two brothers with microphones, (laughs) we could also talk about what they're saying. And now, as we prepare for another playoff push with our backup quarterback, it's mm-hmm. being said, hey, you know what? Maybe we should stick with Nick Foles. Maybe Carson Wentz ain't the guy. Now, here's the thing. I understand everything that you're saying. And I concur and I concede the point that at this point, I'm not going to argue Nick Foles' results. Now, I, I know I, I can't argue Nick Foles' results. I can't. However, so I – but. What I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I agree with your point as far as going when totally healthy, you go with Carson Wentz. But I don't want to mistake that for hating on Nick Foles. That's, that's not Nick Foles' hate at all. Mm-hmm. Now, what I would say, though, where it does get interesting, Carson Wentz next year is eligible for his extension. You don't have to sign it next year. You can wait till after the year, but he's eligible to get his extension next year. Quarterback, the market right now, 
from what I'm hearing, the Matt Ryan contract in Atlanta is the floor for Carson Woods, which puts him in the 30 plus million a year range. Now, here's where I have to ask Is Carson Wentz at, say, 32, 33 million a year a better value for the team than Nick Foles at 15, 16 million a year? Because that extra 16 million turns into 16 million more talent. Receiver or running back or old lineman or safety or corner or some depth at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Those type of things are com- what comes into play. You start looking at extra sixteen, eighteen million dollars. Well, I'm glad you asked that question because now that gives us another spot to kind of pivot this conversation. Mm-hmm. Given the news of this week and what we've kind of talked, what we've, what you've heard out of the Eagles camp as far as how they diagnosed this back, how they figured out this back injury. How injured has he been? How long has he played with this injury? Do you trust this medical staff to make the call on whether or not Carson Wentz is able to be healthy enough to give that kind of money to? Because I think that most people will agree with the two of us that at 100%, Carson Wentz is the guy. Absolutely. Carson Wentz is the guy at 100%. Do you trust this medical staff with the call on whether Carson Wentz can be 100%? Well, this medical staff, this is, they're still relatively new with the Eagles. Okay. This is their first year. Okay. Their first major decision was clearing Carson Wentz to play. And his knee held up. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know whether the stress fracture in the back is a result of him not being ready and compensating, shifting weight, those type of things. I don't know. But I do know the knee held up. So at this point, I don't have any reason to distrust the medical staff. Mm. Now, I, I, like you, am very curious as to when Carson's back issues really began. Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone could ever actually accurately 100% answer that question. Mm -hmm. Stress fractures are notoriously difficult to diagnose. They they gradually get worse sometimes. They grow, develop the little micro cracks Mm -hmm. of the stress micro fractures but what is difficult about them is that they're just not always visible immediately Mm -hmm. so he may have been feeling the the pain of a developing stress fracture six weeks ago but it wasn't visible on scans until one week ago so it's very, very possible that they're checking, looking, trying to find problems that just aren't ready to be found yet, mm-hmm. which puts you in a position where you have to depend on a player to tell you, hey, I'm not ready to go. What are the odds of Carson Wentz in the middle of a, a playoff race saying, I'm not ready to go right after a year where his backup won the Super Bowl instead of him? 
Or that would be none and none. Not even slim and none. That's none and none. I think, and you've heard it all year. You know, if Carson had it his way, he would have played in week one. Mm-hmm. Had Carson had it this way, his way, he would have played the whole preseason. He'd probably been the first quarterback to actually uh, campaign to play all four quarters in preseason games. You know he wants to be on the field. You know, That's the type of guy that he is. So the question is, you know, so you – if. So if you have an injury that's hard to diagnose yeah. and a player that wants to be on the field isn't going to take himself out, what blame is there to put on the medical staff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my perspective. on This is not me saying it's the greatest medical team in the league. Mm-hmm. What do you think about all the – I don't uh, know that there's either. There's been a couple of players, a couple of former Eagles coming out talking about this medical staff. Emmanuel Acho was one of them. Earl Wolf was another one. Talking – I mean – Basically, just I don't know I'm, that any of them were here to, for, with this medical staff, so it means very little to me. Okay. Now, if guys on this year's roster, mm-hmm. at when this season is over, make comments about the medical staff, then I'll have to give that give heed to that because they actually worked with the current medical staff. But if you were here four years ago with team doctors that are no longer here, mm-hmm. your opinion, while valid, may be outdated. It was valid regarding doctors that used to be here, you know? Mm-hmm. That's like me critiquing the Bulls and saying, yeah, Phil Jackson's a great coach. Sure, but Phil Jackson's not there anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, he was a great coach for the Bulls, but what does that have to do with what's going on right now? I hear you. It's a similar situation. Like, okay, you might have an accurate assessment of former medical staffs, but that has absolutely nothing to do with who's working in NovaCare right now. So in the end... Where are you with this whole with this whole decision? I, I guess. Okay, something. See, here's my. This is my real thing with the whole Carson Wentz injury, and something we started discussing earlier a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because when I hear about Carson Wentz's injury, more than the medical staff, mm-hmm. what where my mind immediately goes is from his perspective, Carson Wentz. Is it is it possible that he actually hindered the team this year, knowing he wasn't a hundred percent and still wanting to play? Because there's only person who really could have known that he wasn't capable of doing everything that he needed to do was him, if the fracture isn't showing up on a scan yet. And specifically, we're talking about a fractured vertebrae. When I'm just in my mind picturing a quarterback's mechanics. What we saw a lot, Carson once completed 70%. It's not like he was inaccurate. He had a quarterback rating of above 100, so it's not like he was out there playing poorly. What we saw was him being overly dependent on Zach Ertz and specifically Zach Ertz in the middle of the field between the hash marks. What you did not see was almost any use of outside receivers, regardless of who it was on the outside. Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Golden Tate, Jordan Matthews, mm-hmm. a tight end on a on an out route, a slant, anything like that, a square out, one of those type routes. You just didn't see it being used. Mm-hmm. And what I immediately wondered, because in my mind when people tell me stuff, the way my brain works, I, I see it. I, mm-hmm. I picture things happening. 
and I picture a quarterback going to the outside and the mechanics, you got your feet pointed where you're throwing in the one direction and you also have to turn your shoulders. Mm-hmm. So imagine I'm looking you looking the safety off, trying to get the safety to move to the left. I'm looking left, I'm looking left, I'm looking left. Receivers open right. Receivers open right. I snap my shoulders back to the right and make that a throw to drive it to the outside on the right sideline. Mm-hmm. How's that going to feel with a fractured back? Am I really going to be making accurate throws every time when I feel that twinge of pain and go, just going through the motion? Mm-hmm. Am I going to get everything I need on it to drive the ball as hard and, and down far downfield as I need to? So these are things I wonder, like, of course, we already discussed 100% wins versus 100% foals. But this obviously wasn't 100% wins. So would the Eagles, looking back, have been better off with foals out there? And I know that's a tough question to answer because we don't know when the injury started and how bad it was. But mm-hmm. it's obviously bad enough where they felt like they, it was worth it to shut them down now and they weren't out in the playoffs yet. So there's something there. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And you raised a very good question. And I, I feel like, to me, this wasn't this wasn't something that you could necessarily answer without seeing him play. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to see him play. If you just look at the numbers, mm-hmm. Wentz had a good year. But when you watch the offense work with Foles versus Wentz, mm-hmm. it wasn't that Foles was just out there looking like, the greatest quarterback in the world. But the one thing he did do was make those quick reads and get the ball out quickly to the outsides, mm-hmm. spreading out the field, balancing the offense, and making mm-hmm. everyone into a viable weapon because the defense can't just key in on Earths. But did you also think that part of it was a kind of retooled offense? You think Doug made called more plays to cater to Foles' strength? called more run plays, was more was more dedicated to the run that, than he had been in the past. And he had shown a well, little bit more of a dedication possibly you know, getting to this point. Do you put any of do you put any of Foles' success this past Sunday on play calling and coaching? Some of it. But if you watch Eagles games, and I know you do watch Eagles games, a lot of times, especially Carson Wentz under center, you know what word you hear a lot? Kill, mm-hmm. kill, 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 kill. You know what that means? He's changing the play. He's changing the play. You hear that a lot with Carson, don't you? Mm-hmm. So if he's changing the play a lot and they're not running a lot, he's probably changing out of some runs into some throws. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles is less likely to do that. So in that sense, I do believe it's easier to commit to the run with Nick Foles. But I don't, without being in the huddle, without being privy to the actual play calls, it's hard to say that Doug is calling more runs. But I will say that he's called some better suited plays with Nick Foles in there. He said, Doug admitted to himself in the press conference, they simplified it some, took out some of the motions pre-snap that were leading towards false starts and illegal formations and th- things like that, they did streamline the offense some in that, from that standpoint. And that, I do th- believe, was effective. 
But the biggest difference I saw was Car- Carson Wentz versus Nick Foles in the Rams game was Nick Foles get out there, balls out on time, and just to whoever's open, there's not that moment of hesitation, which could easily be due to, oh, man, if I make this throw, it's going to hurt. That could cause you to hesitate for a second. Now you held the ball a half second too long. You're sacked. You fumbled. Or the defender's there to cover because you hesitated. Hesitation kills you in sports. But So there are a lot of things that could be going into it. So, but overall, simple answer, yes, the offense looked better with Foles in there. Offense looked better, but – to a point that you made earlier, you talked about Carson Wentz's intelligence. Mm-hmm. If I can piggyback off that, I think Carson Wentz is a student of the game. No, absolutely. And I think he I think he if there's a player that could benefit from sitting off to the side and just watching, seeing how this offense is running under Nick Foles and understanding the difference between what Nick is doing and what he is doing, I could I trust in Carson Wentz to be able to do that and to make that happen. And that's kind of, and that makes that gives me more faith that I put into a 100% Carson Wentz being better than Nick Foles. I like what Nick I I respect what Nick Foles brings to this team. And I completely understand that at this point, you know, Nick Nick Foles should want to start someplace else. Oh, he has no the only reason he wouldn't want to is the simplest reason you can give. I'm just happy here. Mm-hmm. Other than that. And I think, honestly, he's the type of person that it, I would not find it shocking if he just said, you know what, I'd rather be a backup here than go start in Arizona or, you know, some, you know, because – 30 years old or about to be 30, mm-hmm. do you want to go start for some bottom feeder Yeah, who has limited talent? They were a 2-3 win team last year. I'm like, mm-hmm. do I want to go do that? Or I could sit in my cushy backup role holding the clipboard, not getting hit all year. Not getting hit all year and help develop, and help develop a pretty cool guy and quarterback. Yeah. You know, maybe if Carson was a jerk, you know, he you know, he'd want he'd want a jet go be you know, be in a different situation. But they seem to be pretty good friends. They seem to have a good thing going on in that quarterback room. So Nick Foles started two games at the beginning of this year mm-hmm. and he'll get the final three starts of the season most mm-hmm. likely. Carson Wentz actually has not officially been ruled out for week seventeen at this point. So I say most likely, but mm-hmm. Chances are Foles will be starting the last two games. Mm-hmm. That gives him five starts on the year, thirteen million dollars, and he doesn't have to take all his, take all the hits. That's not a bad job. That's not a bad job at all. You're just not on the field as much as you want to be. Yeah, pretty much. You know, you know, he, he was almost a forgotten man up until a couple weeks ago. Exactly. He was a forgotten man. All right. Well, look, man. Let's take a break. All right. When we come back, we'll switch gears. We'll get, we'll switch from uh, the pigskin to the round ball. All right, let's talk do a little, it. Let's talk a little Philadelphia 76ers, All right, I'm with it. All right, when we come back, we'll talk Sixers on Best in the World Sports Report once again. Tell us what you think of this. Uh, tell us what you think of this conversation that we just had. 
All right. What do you think of Foles? What do you think of Carson Wentz? What do you think of the job that the Eagles are doing? Hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports. All right. John Brown, Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. You are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams. Go to totalsportslive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. From Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live, you are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. All right, we are back on the Best in the World Sports Report. John Brown, Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Back then, they didn't want me. What about now? They all of them. All of them? All of them. All of them. All of them. Every last one. All of them. I hear you, man. I hear you. (laughs) Sex symbol lifestyle, man. It's it's a responsibility. I I respect that. Um, (laughs) I got to see. Here's the thing. I'm I'm married. I'm going into year 13 of marriage. That's a good thing. It is a good thing. I'm not complaining. Like, I'm not complaining. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I just don't, you know, the whole, I, I, I don't know anything about being a sex symbol anymore. I, I don't, you know, it's been so long since a, a woman, not my wife, found me attractive. I, I don't even know, <laughs> like, how it works. I don't know what, you know, it, it just doesn't happen. And I think it happens, it happens to all married men. You get to a point when you understand that you're probably not that you know uh desirable by women anymore and you cool with that like there's always a point like at the beginning of a marriage and the beginning of a long-term relationship when you kind of wonder like do i still got it Mm -hmm. am i still that guy am i still you know you get to a point now i'm and i'm at that point now where it's like you know what no no i ain't got it i don't care let me go upstairs and make a sandwich. Too far removed from the game. Yeah, I, I'm out the game. You know, every player gets to a point where it's like, look, I just can't play the game anymore. You know? And, and it's like, like Mellow? No, not Mellow. Uh-huh. Because Mellow still believes he can play the game. I'm more like Bill Russell. <laughs> where it's like, look, man, let me just sit here on the sidelines. I know I can't play, but I know I was one of the greatest when I was playing. That's that's where, you know, that's okay. where it is. You know, it's like, look, you know, I... I my track record speaks for itself. I just can't get on that track anymore. <laughs> I'm done with the track. That's that's where I am. Kobe I mean? post Achilles. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm post Achilles. Yeah, exactly. You know, when I'm just sitting there now and I could just, like, I don't need to dwell on where I was. Mm-hmm. People who know, know. You know what I mean? Just like like when Jalen Rose sees Kobe Bryant anywhere, you know, it's like, hey, 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 you know, I don't. Does Kobe Bryant really need to point out eighty one for what? Exactly. Jalen knows. Jalen knows. You know, he see, the numbers pop up in his head as soon as he sees Kobe. 
That's how it is. You know what I mean? I'm, and I understand that I just called myself Bill Russell and Kobe Bryant. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I understand hey, that. Man, it's your show. It is my show. And call that's why I where you are. Exactly. So, yes, on a show that is called The Best in the World, mm-hmm. I just called myself Bill Russell and Kobe Bryant. All we but, need now is LeBron, Wilt, and Mike. Hey, look, let's see what time is. Yeah, we still got time. There's still, you know, we can work those in. We can work those in. But speaking of basketball, uh, our Philadelphia 76ers are about to embark on a road trip. Well, they got one more home game. Toronto. Saturday night. Saturday night against Toronto. But then they go on their post-Christmas road trip, which includes a Christmas Day game. First of all, I want to say. At Boston. At Boston. At the Celtics. I, I am somebody who for a long time, long time, just long for the days of a Sixer Christmas Day game. Because I I love Christmas Day basketball. I love Christmas, because to me, Christmas Day basketball is as exciting as Thanksgiving Day football. When it's like, yeah, you you you, you understand wake up the morning of the twenty fifth, and you know you got yes, all day. Yes, ball. yes, I'm getting up. Starting at noon, you got four or five games going all day. The, that might be the greatest thing about basketball going to ESPN slash ABC, because when the NBA was on NBC, and when the NBA was on CBS, Christmas Day you got two games, mm-hmm. and that's it. That was it. That was it. Now you get about five games, and I'm gonna keep it real with you. I will probably watch at least four of them, and that's all depends on how good my dinner is. <laughs> you might you sleep know, through the yeah, fifth I, yeah, yeah. The fifth one might, you know, if I have a good Christmas Day dinner, that fifth one might not happen. Yeah. However, the fifth one might lose to the itis. Yes, yes, but the first four games, yes. We put, you know, get your Christmas presents opened, say your thank yous, hug everybody, enjoy your family. Then we getting on, we watching basketball. Basketball's coming up on the television, and that's what we just going to do. And it used to kill me year in and year out, especially after ESPN and slash ABC got the Christmas Day, uh, got the NBA. Because there were more games on. And I felt like there were more games and there were more chances for the Sixers to get a game and they never got a game. Now, understand, I completely understand it. Part of the reason why the Sixers never got a Christmas Day game in the ESPN uh, era was because the Sixers was garbage. Okay, I was about to ask. Yeah, I understand that. But but I still wanted one. As you should. As you should want your team to be good. I, I want my team to be good and I thought there were some, there were a couple of really okay Sixers teams. No good ones. This is the Sixers' first full season as a good national team. story and yes. a truly yes. good team yes. since since Iverson. Yeah. Since their last Christmas Day game. Their last Christmas Day game before last year was 2000 was Christmas Day 2001. That was the Christmas the after. Yes, against the Lakers after, after they lost the, the Lakers yeah, in the finals. That the very next year, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. They, you and know, they I, usually give you a finals rematch on mm-hmm. Christmas. They it give wasn't you, possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah. The only, I guess the only real years they didn't do that was the Shaq in Miami years because they always wanted to have Shaq take on Kobe on Christmas exactly. Day. Exactly. So it didn't matter who that, was in the finals. That was like, the big yeah, rivalry. That was the big Shaq rivalry. Shaq versus Shaq, Kobe. Yes. 
And I think the I think you know what are the Christmas Day games this year? Do you know? Oh, I do. I have to look it up. You have to look Pull it up. up. The schedule. Okay. Because I think with I guess with LeBron going out west, I would tend to think that they would want to see LeBron take on the Warriors every year on Christmas Day. Well, they they're in the same division, so that's going to give you four matchups every year. Yeah. Now let's see. We got the Tuesday, December twenty fifth. Yes. What we got? Your first game of the day. It's always the Knicks. You always got to get the Knicks on first because exactly. the they're Knicks the worst the team. Game. Yeah, they're the worst team, but they're the biggest market. So, so the Knicks gotta got to get a game. Bucks versus Knicks at noon. That's gonna be a crappy game. I'll still watch. Three o'clock. Mm-hmm. Thunder versus Rockets. That's gonna be an okay game. It's gonna be a slightly better. I'll game. still watch it. Then five thirty. Five thirty. Come on, you Sixers. Sixers versus Celtics. Celtics. I hope that's gonna be a good game. 8 p.m. Easter. Yes. This is the one you want. What? Lakers versus Warriors. Lakers Warriors, yes. That's the one you want. That LeBron is, versus the Warriors. That's what, you, they're that's what give, you're going to They're going to do their best to give you that. They're going to give you that every year. So, I, like, I understand you would want a finals rematch. That but I matchup think, would supersede a yes, finals meet, yes. re- rematch. Agreed. The star power. Yes. The, the perception that Too most long. people will yes. have that if those two teams were to meet in a, say, a conference final, that that would actually be the true NBA final. Two best two best players in the league and the two mm-hmm. most popular players in the league exactly. going up against each other. That's, you know, that, that game's getting... That's your Christmas day. That's your Christmas day game. And then, and then your the wrap-up at your 10.30 p.m. at night, the wind-down, Portland and Utah. Yeah. Which, when they Man. scheduled it, probably looked like a better matchup than mm-hmm. what it's turned into with Utah having a disappointing season this year. Yeah, they're we got it. We'll, we'll talk. We'll, we got to talk about Utah on uh, on your show. Oh, absolutely. We, we, we got to do that. You gotta, and make sure and make sure you check out me and Mike every Friday morning on uh, Free Agent Free Radio, Agent Radio at eight a.m. Seattle Hip Hop Radio on uh, SeattleHipHop.com at noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific. Yes. Yeah. Check us out there. We'll talk about we talk about everything. But on this show, we talk Philly, and we're gonna talk Sixers because the Sixers have a home game Saturday against the Raptors, and then they go, which is a big, which that's which, a big game. That's a big game. Uh, they've already played the Raptors twice this season. How many of them were with Jimmy Butler? Uh, one. Did Joel Embiid play that game? Did he? I don't know. I don't yeah. Know uh, yes. Did. Yes, he did. Yes. He did. Yes, on December fifth. Did Ben Simmons play that game? Yes. Yes, everyone played. Everyone they, played. That everyone game? played. They lost. Everyone played. They lost. Uh, real quick. Um, let's see. Simmons had Simmons had eight points. Eight points. Uh, let's see. Eight points. Uh, ten rebounds. Eleven assists. And B ten points. Five assists, five rebounds. Jimmy uh, yeah. Butler, 38 points. That was the game Embiid had an off night, shot five of 17. Yes. Ben Simmons actually only took six shots that game. Mm-hmm. Butler went for 38, shot above 50%, had a good night, but Embiid was off and Simmons was less than aggressive, shall we say, that mm-hmm. night. They played Toronto twice so far this season. Mm-hmm. Lost both. Lost both. First first time they lost in Toronto, October thirtieth, one twenty nine to one twelve. Last time they played them on December fifth, 
113 to 102. To, to 102. Two double digit losses. First time they're playing them at home. They're about to go embark on a huge road trip. Now, these Sixers, and this is this is kind of where when I'm getting to the point that I'm trying to make now. The Sixers record of against below 500 teams as of right now is 12 and 4. Okay. Their record against 500 teams 9 and 8. Winning record, but they're hovering around 500. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you about this team? Nothing. Nothing. Why? Well, some of those losses of that of those eight against teams that are above 500 mm-hmm. were pre Jimmy Butler. Okay, which makes this a completely different team. Mm-hmm. Like completely different team. Your matchups, your spacing. Your ability to put your best perimeter defender on Ben Simmons, which affects your whole offense, because mm-hmm. he's your general, your floor general. He mm-hmm. get the ones gets everything going. Mm-hmm. Now you have to put your best perimeter defender on Jimmy Butler most of the time, because he's actually a, an aggressive scorer. So it, the entire dynamic on the floor is different having now brought in Jimmy Butler. So. The only games that really matter to me, especially against the plus 500 teams, Mm -hmm. are the ones that were after the Butler trade. Okay. Covington and Sarge, decent players as they are, the two of them versus Covington, the dynamics are so different. I could spend an entire show just breaking that down, how different things are going to work on the court, taking those two players out of the lineup and putting someone like Jimmy Butler in. Mm-hmm. I mean, just simple stuff like the fact that Covington would never put the ball on the floor because he wasn't good at it. Or if Covington went to the rim, he probably 50-50 at best on making a layup. Mm-hmm. Dario Sarge looked like he had cement shoes on him for most of the year in Philly before the trade. He plays a lot of international ball in the off seasons and conditioning is gonna be an issue when that's the case. And I also fear injuries and from over usage and just breaking down at some point. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at a completely different situation. And then even still it's been a limited sample size that the quote unquote big three in Philadelphia has been able to play together now. So, and I'm fighting the urge to say something that'll take us somewhere else completely. Oh, boy. I'm fighting the urge to say it. Bro, we got time. We got time? We got time. Go ahead and say it. The more time that passes, the more the idea of Carmelo Anthony interests me. Really? Really. Wow. I I mean, we, we, we might have to take a break. I wasn't ready for that. I told you. I, I, I told you it would take us somewhere else. And yet, the more time that passes, the more that interests me. I, I'm at a loss for words. And understand that when you're doing podcasts, you can't be at a loss for words because the whole it, reason it's all you're listening. It's all words. And I ain't got none. I, I, I don't. I can't even use proper English. I ain't got no words. I mean, you, go ahead. Call all the sports shop guys. Tell them I said it. You know, call over to Fox or next time you're in their building, 
let Sean Bell know I said what I said. He could rub it in. I know he's a mellow uh, fan. Oh, oh my goodness. Hold, hold on a second. Let me, let me, I got, I got to bring my phone out here. Uh, this is what I'm doing right now. So just. You, you need video evidence? I, I need, this? I need video evidence of this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are taping the best in the world sports report. Right there is my man, Mike Jones. Who? Mike, jo- Mike Jones. That's Mike Jones. That's Mike, me. Mike Jones just said to, that. There's an acquisition that makes sense to him. You, what is that acquisition? My exact words were, the more time that passes, the more the Philadelphia Sixers signing Carmelo Anthony makes sense to me. This man has been anti-Melo since Melo came into the league. Correct. And that but hasn't changed. I'm shocked. That's going to be up on that. That's going to be on all forms of social media. I, I my, I, I am blown away. And honestly, but because one of the things is, you have been animate. You've been an animate critic of Carmelo Anthony. His style of play. Yes. he's a ball stop. And what I'm, what I'm saying is, your criticism of him has always made sense to me. Because it's accurate. Like I've never like I don't the one ba- thing I like, have not changed my opinion or backed away from my criticism of his style of play. Why does this make sense to you now? Okay. Over the course of Melo's career, mm-hmm. at any level in any type of competition, what's the best basketball you can say you've seen him play? The best basketball? Mm-hmm. Olympics? Exactly. How's that team built? With stars, there's very, he's got teammates on the floor with him that are good enough for him to trust. Mm-hmm. The court is balanced, and you're usually playing with one true big as behind him as a shot mm-hmm. blocker that can make up for his defensive liabilities. He's playing a f- scoring four where he gets to work mid range in rather than having to be stretched all the way out to the three point line all the time. These are all things that would be the case if he were to come to Philadelphia. The only thing I'm that still, I'm still just, he would actually be in a starting role, so you don't have the issue that you have in Houston, where where they're talking about bringing him off the bench. Philly actually needs a starting power forward right now. Mm-hmm. It would allow you to put Wilson Chandler off on the bench, yes. added some depth to your bench, which yes. dip, bench depth is another problem in Philadelphia right now. Agree. And it adds spacing to the floor when you have a point guard who's unwilling to shoot. You put, put a guy like Melo on the floor, it creates space for ev- creates more space for everyone. My only concern mm-hmm. would be Carmelo Anthony has to know he's not coming in here looking to score more than 10 to 12 points a game on average. Mm-hmm. He may have games where he gets up to 20, 22, 23, but his average is going to be somewhere 12, 13 points a game. If he's willing to accept that, Sure. I'll give him a run. He's coming in for the minimum. If it doesn't work, you cut him. My head is spinning right now. I wasn't ready for this. I I wanted to talk about Boston and Utah and Portland and the Clippers, and this man just came up here and dropped Carmelo Anthony's name on Carmelo Anthony and makes sense getting him. I I don't know where (sighs) – I really wish you all could see this man right now. He's perplexed. Like, truly, you could see the look of stress. Like, you could see, like, 
the blood vessels inside of his brain. I don't like know too much where to right go now. with this. You have told me. Look, man. I mean, this is this is something. What you just said, kind of it, it it shakes the foundation of our friendship. <laughs> our friendship has been built on your disdain for the games of Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. Your disdain for the game of Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Your disdain for the game of Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. Your belief in Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. And um, these are all things I've been consistent yes, on since yes, we met. Yes, yes, And didn't you Kyrie did you, Irving? Don't forget him. Kyrie Irving. And didn't you also say that Ready to Die was wasn't as good as Life After Death? No, I didn't. Know. That was okay. two. Okay, that, that was, was two. two. Okay, that was two. I all like right. Ready to Die was. Yeah, I got to take that. Life After Death is good. Mm-hmm. And if I could cut the best songs off of Life After Death yes, yes. into one album, a single CD, mm-hmm. it's probably better than Ready to Die. Okay. All right. Just just making sure. Because you know, when, when, we, when we were all doing the sports shop, which is a show that should come back, Jeff and Eitan, Eitan if you're listening. Mm-hmm. But when we were doing that show, that show, there was a lot of, lot of takes. So, you know, always trying to attribute, you know, oh, which yeah. one is the who. That was but a lot of takes, a lot of personalities. Good there was, times. Yeah, it was good times. But the one thing that was consistent was your disdain for Carmelo Anthony. Now here we are, fast forward a year later, and you're telling me now that it makes sense for the Sixers to bring in Carmelo Anthony. And I understand because we've had this it's conversation before. We've had this conversation before, and it went the exact same way. When I said to you, you know what, I understand. All the reasons why this would be a bad trade, but you know what? There's something that makes sense to me. his game. In essence, on paper, it mm-hmm. makes sense. On you know, paper, it makes, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense in theory. It and makes perfect sense. And the reason I say I would explore it now is because at this point in Carmelo's career, a he's been humbled. Where a team like Houston's like, yeah, we don't even want you around. And B, it's minimal risk. Because you're gonna have to, you're gonna pay him the league minimum. He's already on a buyout. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, you pay him league minimum, prorated. If he gets ten games with you, you paid him sixty thousand bucks and send him home. That's crazy. I mean, I, that that blows my mind. That blows my mind. You guys tell me what you think now. You've you've now heard my man Mike Jones bring it up. He, at this point now, are you ready to wrap? Are you ready to bring back this? conversation because this is something that's died down over the last couple of mm-hmm. weeks when he first became a free agent when he was out there first people were talking about it hey do you bring him in and there were a lot of people saying no and you were one of them i was one of them but now you're the saying more a couple time weeks, passes the more, more i'd be willing to passed. consider it more time has passed are you now ready to reconsider carmelo anthony you let me know facebook instagram twitter at BITW Sports. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to wrap things up on the best in the world sports report. My name is John Brown. That's Mike Jones. Who? Mike, you know, I don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> I don't know who you are. I don't know. But we're going to figure it out and we're going to come right back. You're listening to the best in the world sports report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. You are 
Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. This is high blood pressure. Get back on your plan. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. From best in the world sports and total sports live, you are listening to the best in the world sports report. And we are back on the best in the world sports report. John Brown here. Mike Jones took a break. Went to get some water or something. I don't know. I don't have anything here. But he's going to have, you know, he's rummaging through my fridge. We'll be back in a second. While he's going, I'm going to talk a little hockey because it's time to talk to pucks. It's time to bring back brothers talking pucks. That's going to come back real soon, you guys. That is. We got to bring that back. Look, Flyers haven't given us a lot to talk about, but well, they haven't given us a lot of good things to talk about. Last time we talked Flyers, they fired Ron Hextall. Since then, they, fly, they fired Dave Hextall, but they now have a new goalie. 20-year-old kid who's uh right now he's he's owning this city. So to talk about it, I had to bring in my, my my favorite hockey reporter, my favorite hockey writer, one of my favorite people. The world calls her Caitlin. I call her K Cup because she hates that name. Caitlin Hemsley from Total Sports Live. What's going on, Caitlin? Hi, JB. How are you? I am I'm okay. I'm you you went to the living. Flyers. You, you I know you live. You went to the Flyers game on Thursday night, so you could that see. I did. I, and I know you probably went to see Sean Couturier, but you also got a glimpse of the new young phenom in uh, Carter Hart. What'd you think about that? What'd you think of him? Uh, to tell you the truth, when he was first brought up, I was a little nervous. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure whether or not he was ready to go, but I am glad that I am wrong on this one. And he he looks ready. And it's surprising how, like, you could tell he was a little nervous on Tuesday, but Thursday night he looked incredible. And it was, and the defense rallied around him. And it, it's just a nice change of pace to see that they look like they're actually playing. It does look like they're actually, actually playing. And I wanted to get you on the show because I wanted to ask you real quick. Like, we've seen, we've seen this before. You know, the Flyers kind of get on a hot streak. They'll have, you know, they'll win a couple of games. I think they, earlier in the season, they were struggling. They went out west and uh, strung together, you know, a pretty decent stretch over about 10 games. And people were thinking that maybe this, maybe the ship was being written. You know, it was, they were, maybe they were writing the ship. People were optimistic. That optimism did not last. So now they've made they've made their coaching change. They've made their general manager change, and now they've put in the new goalie. They've won two games in a row. So what about this current win streak? What about this success that they're going through now? What about this? What is what's different? What should we look at differently with this stretch? I think you should take a look at how the players are reacting to their new coach because. I mean, you could tell a little bit towards the end there how they were reacting to Hackstall as coach. Mm-hmm. But now with Scott Gordon, it's a 
dramatic change of pace and they look like they're listening they look like they're responding and the one element that I saw through Thursday's game was that penalty kill. They killed off every single one of the Predators penalty kills, every single one, including a five on three, which could have been absolutely disastrous, yes. but ended the second period with a complete and total surprise. So, it, they, it Honestly, it was their, in my opinion, the best game that they've played all year. Best game that they played all year against a very tough team. You know, I, I think, it it's funny because when I was watching the game on Tuesday, uh, when I was watching the game on Tuesday, I'm thinking, okay, all right, they, they beat Detroit. Now, 10, 15 years ago, this would have been major. But this is not your older brother's Detroit Red Wings. And, you know, so the, it was a good game for him to start with because at this point, Detroit's garbage. Yeah. And there was questions of whether or not he should play against Nashville. Now, I would, I think one of the main people, one of the uh, most notable people who are out there publicly and loudly proclaiming, hey, man, let the kid play, was Bundy. And I agreed with him. It's like, hey, we got him now. He's here. Put the ball out there and let him play. And he pretty much, he, he handled his business, right? Yes. Uh, actually, they are saying that Carter Hart will, in fact, get the start on Saturday against the, I'm pretty sure, Metro-leading Columbus Blue Jackets. Wow. And they also get the Rangers this weekend. So those are two really, really big tests for the Flyers to see. And it also can tell whether or not Hart has something going. Because mm-hmm. that Columbus team is incredible right now. Col- and if he mm-hmm. manages to pick up a win on this one, then there's nothing that kid can't do. So you would play him against Columbus and the Rangers? I would honestly see how he does on Saturday. Mm-hmm. He he is going, from what it sounds like from practice, he will get the start on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I want to see how he does Saturday against Columbus's team. If he does well, start him Sunday. Okay. I believe it. I Honestly, I, I don't trust Neuer in that. He's the backup right now. I don't trust him in net at all. He has not consistently played until Neuvich proves that he can play again. Mm-hmm. Start Carter Hart. I, I believe it. Now, before we uh, before we pivot in another direction, I have a question, and I want to float this out to you. I think Carter Hart fans, we should – I'm one of them. I consider myself a fan now. I'm, I'm on board. I'm jumping on this bandwagon early. Well, it's probably late now because people the Carter Hart bandwagon started probably. Carter Hart drafted, bandwagon started a long. Yeah, time when they ago. drafted him, but I'm on it now. All right, I'm I'm moving I'm I'm moving people over. I'm on it. I want the Carter Hart bandwagon to be called the Hart Foundation, like the old wrestling mm-hmm. tag team, like Bret the Hitman Hart. Mm-mm. That, Sorry, no, man. No, no Hart no. Foundation. Mm. All right, you know what, Caitlin's young. You're young. You don't get the car. You don't. You don't understand the Heart Foundation. I think that's dope. All right. You know, I'm gonna have to pose that to somebody else. I'm gonna bring somebody else on there, and then I'm gonna circle back to Caitlin because I'm gonna get Caitlin on board. The Heart Foundation. That's what we're calling Carter Hart fans. All right. Real quick, you talked about the energy that the team had played with after you know with uh, with Gordon behind the bench. How much of that do you think is fear? Because at this point. You've now fired the general manager. You've now fired the coach. At this point now, the only place to look 
is the players. Do you think the players are you know they're playing for their jobs? Do you think they're fearful? Um, I don't think it's fear. Like part of it is these players know what's going to end up happening. Like this is the way the game works. Like you could get traded to another team in a matter of seconds. I mean, for now, they're not going to make any moves because the rosters are frozen until after the holidays. So no one is getting traded over the holidays. We don't have to worry about that. But I mean, it's a they know how the system works. They they know that the the front office is going to try to make this team better and that some players are going to have to be sent away. Like, they know how the system works. They've been in hockey long enough. Um, I don't think that it is fear. I think it's more of a... they. There was something between them and Hackstall that we're not going to know for sure, but some players just seemed out of it. And now that they have kind of this new resurgence, so to speak, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few games because the first two have looked pretty decent and they look like a Flyers team that fans can get behind. And I, I just want to see what happens over the next few games. They'll have a few away games and I want to see how they look on the road before they come back in January and, We'll see where they are at that point. Okay. Well, before I let you go, let's just take a quick look down the line and see what they have. And I just want to see. I want. I want you to give your early predictions. You say Columbus on okay. Columbus on Saturday. You see a win or you see a loss? Ah. Uh, <laughs> see, I, I'm a little. I. I'm gonna go with a win. Okay. Oh boy. All right. Starting off with a, I a home. I'm a win. little nervous about it mm-hmm. because Columbus is that good. And that goalie matchup is going to be insane on oh, Saturday. Oh yeah. But mm-hmm. So you got. Sat- I, I'm gonna go with a win. Win on Saturday against uh, Columbus. Sunday at Madison Square Garden. Sunday. They're not. I don't think they're gonna get both. Okay. All right. Got a win. Then you got a loss. Okay. Then they go to Florida for uh, Tampa Bay on Thursday. That's a loss too. Tampa's That's, very good. Oh boy! All right. Well, I, I see. I see it get it being a close game. Mm-hmm. I could see it getting to a close game. Mm-hmm. But I, Tampa's just very. There's okay. no stopping that team. Oh boy! All right. So two and one. So right now you got them one on one on this uh, on a road trip. Then they go to Florida. At Florida. Um. Yeah, that seems like they could, something they could do. Let's okay, there you go. Like. Two and two. All right. They go to Carolina. At Carolina. At Carolina. Uh, I'll give them a win. We'll okay. See. All right. Why three. Not? All right. They are three and two on the road trip. They end the road trip with a rematch game against Nashville. They're losing that one. They're gonna. Oh boy. All right. So you have them. Let's see. They they managed to squeak out. They managed to get the home win. I do not think they'll pick up that road win in Nashville. They're not gonna let them win. Okay. Oh, boy. I mean, see. I'd be impressed if they did, but Nashville is Nashville last or Thursday night missed their best defender, PK Subban, mm-hmm. and I have a feeling he's coming. He'll be back by this by New Year's Day. Oh boy! All right, so there you have it. New Year's Day, a loss to Nashville, three and three over the next six, two and three on the road trip. But still, we got Carter Hart, and Carter Hart is awesome, and we yeah. love him here in the Hart Foundation. I, uh, no. I'm not feeling that one. Uh-oh. Well, there's time. 
There's plenty of time. I'm going to get you on board, all right? You can't get me on board with K-Cup. You're not going to get me on board with K-Cup, you are going to be part of the Heart Foundation, all right? I'm going to get you a Heart Foundation T-shirt with your name on it that says K-Cup, all right? Please, no. That's how it's going to be. Merry Christmas. Uh, Me too. (laughs) Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you. All right, you guys, we're going to take a real quick break on the best in the world sports report. Tell us what you think of this segment. Hit me up Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at BITW Sports. When I come back, Mike Jones will be back and we will wrap up this show on Best in the World. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. If you are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to TotalSportsLive.com. Total Sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know TotalSportsLive.com. Looking for uncommon talent? Meet the grads of life. They're not the typical candidates you're used to, but they're exactly who your company needs. An ideal fit for entry-level positions, internships, and even mentorships. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn more. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. From Best in the World Sports and Total Sports Live, you are listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. And we're back on the Best in the World Sports Report. My name is John Brown. This is my partner in crime, Mike Jones. That's what they say allegedly. We're not That's sure what I heard. Is. That's who I let into my house. <laughs> Mike Jones is who I let into my house. I the said, artist hey, formerly known the artist formerly I don't know who this guy is. Now he's turned from Mike Jones into Mellow Fan number one. I mean, now I, now, I, now I know what. When's your birthday? You just called me a Mellow Fan, yo. I, why are you looking at me like I you're trying to stab me, dude? I had to give you a yo on that one and everything. Yeah, yeah. Why, why are you fa- why, 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 a Mellow Fan? You know better than that. Why, why are you looking at me like you? You looking at me like I you look got like beef a mellow now? Fan, yo. Why yeah, you keep on saying this, yo? Like, we can take this outside. Wow, we can take it straight to the streets. You called me a mellow fan. First of all, let me tell you something. I ain't about that life. First of all, let me. You want to talk about being I'm about just the life? X and O's. I think he could be a fit. I give him a shot. This is look. This is Upper Gwinnett. All right. We take it outside. The cops are going to come and shoot us <laughs> both. All right. They're not going to figure it out. They're not going to ask what happened. They're not going to. They're not going to come get it. Take a report. They're going to come over here and they're going to shoot us both. Hey, hey, two guys are in the street fighting. So I heard somebody say something about I'm not a mellow fan, and the other guy was saying, "Hey, man, it's cold outside. Can we just stop this?" <laughs> and they're going to come and they're going to take us both out. All right. My bad, dude. My bad. Although I'm just shocked. I'm yeah, just I overall said, shocked. Okay, I said it though. I said give him a. Tr- I give him a look. All right. Still not a fan. Okay. All right. I just. I would give him a look because I think there's minimal risk. Okay. I. 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 I don't know what to say. I want to say I hear you, but I. I don't. <laughs> okay. I wasn't ready. Do you or do you not think that the minimal risk is worth the possible upside? I'm not finding fault with what you said. You're just shocked that I said it. I'm just shocked that you said it. Okay. What you're saying has merit. Has tons of merit. I tell you, I try to be objective. I try to be objective. Objective is overrated. <laughs> you know, and, and I understand because 
at some point in time, you know, that's what happens. You you have to concede points. I myself was a Nick Foles hater for years. This is season five mm-hmm. of Best in the World Sports Report. You are the fourth coat. We'll see. It was Vinny, then it was Tim, then it was Javon. You were the fourth co-host of this show. I've hated on Nick Foles for every last one of you. When Vinny was here, I was hating on Nick Foles. When Tim was here, I was hating on Nick Foles. Tim was too busy hating on Claude Giroux to (laughs) focus on me hating on Nick Foles. When Javon was here, I was hating on Nick Foles. When you were here... At this point, you know, it was a little bit too late because when you came in, he was, yeah, he won the Super Bowl. (laughs) But, you know, I I would throw some shade in every now and then. But, but nonetheless, this dude just came back. Remember, I'm the guy that gave you Dante DiVincenzo before the tournament. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You were, you were, you were the first, you were the first believer in white Dante. Mm-hmm. You were the you were long before they started talking about him on High Noon and all the other shows. You were the guy. I hey on this I, show on this show on Best in the World. Look, man, if you on uh, SoundCloud or iTunes, looking uh, looking all the uh, you know all, all the old all, shows, all, all the old shows, the all the archives is there. The receipts are there. All right, but look, because this whole thing, this whole thing about you and. <laughs> And Carmelo is just throwing me off. I just want to send a reminder to everybody. Yo, we're on Philly Go Flow every Saturday morning. Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. Philly <laughs> Go Flow. Never seen I, I, like I'm, I'm flustered. Uh, I, like literally never. I, <laughs> bruh. I feel you know, good this about is, this. This is, I, 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 this is like a milestone for me. I feel is, good about yeah, this. Come on, man. This, this is crazy. <laughs> this, you know... Dogs and cats living together, all, all all that stuff. Philly Go Flow every Saturday morning, 8 a.m. Check us out. All right, download the podcast on soundcloud.com slash BITW sports or look for us on iTunes. Just search for Best in the World Sports. Coming up, Sixers got a long road trip. We talked about the game on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, playing Toronto. How do you feel about this road trip? How confident are you? This uh, is the road trip. Let me set it. Let me set it up for you. The road trip is at Boston, at Utah, at Portland, at the Clippers, and then they wrap it up at Phoenix. That's a five-game road trip. Do you see at least four wins? Let's see. At Boston. Christmas Day at Boston. Is number 11 playing for Boston? Prop, uh, I believe so. No, Sixers win. Sixers win. Okay, Sixers win. That's one win. At, at Utah, Utah, I think that's not. They still underachieving this year? Yes, sir. Came back to the mean, regress? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah some rookie of the year. Uh, that that it's, it's Donovan Mitchell and four guys on that starting lineup right now. And Is that a win? Is that a dub? That dub city right there, two in a row? Yeah, I'm going to. Oh, in fact, three in a row because they're going to beat Toronto, too. They're three in a row. We're only talking about the road trip. I know we're two only talking about the road. Two in a row on the road. Okay, two in a row on the road. Two in a row on the road. At Portland. At Portland. That one could be tough. That could be tough. Okay. Because in that game. Portland, 18 and 13 right now. It, I'm thinking matchups. Mm-hmm. And if, if anybody's been paying attention, listening to me before, uh, one thing I will uh, I will repeatedly tell you: smaller, quick guards have field days 
when you put tall players on them. Yes. Because the tall player cannot bother the small, quick point guard's dribble, which means he gets to whatever point on the floor he wants. Mm -hmm. Help defense has to come. And when his help defense comes, all I have to do is throw the ball behind the back of the help defender because I know there's a man right, wide open there. Damian Lillard is going to have a good game against us. Oh, boy. All right. All right, let's keep That's going. That's going to be a tough one to win. That is going to be a tough one. Coming up after that, after that is the L.A. Clippers. Sixers win. Sixers win. So you got them so far on this road trip. Three and one. Three and one. They wrap it up at Phoenix. That's going to be a tough one. Yes. Believe it or not. Yes. Phoenix currently has, I believe, the longest winning streak in the NBA. And they have some talented young players that are starting to develop, starting to figure out how to play. DeAndre Ayton is probably right now in the NBA one of two big men that will be able to challenge Embiid for paint supremacy in the, over the next 10 years. There aren't many people that are going to be able to say, I went in the paint and, and went to war with Embiid over the next 10 years. He's one of the ones who will be able to. Devin Booker, he's the real thing. Yes. I like Devin Booker for the way he clowned in this canter this week. <laughs> that was hilarious. And what was funny was, um, I guess Cantor tried to troll him, tried to come at him. Mm -hmm. And he just dropped it real simple. It's like, look, dude, I'm running a pick and roll at double zero all game. And then what did the Sixers do the other night? Run the pick and roll? Run the pick and roll at him all, all night. Game. Exactly. <laughs> Only way it would have been better if after the game, Joel Embiid thanked Devin Booker. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. That would have been hilarious. So you got them going four and one Embiid on this road trip. Conference. I would like to thank hey, Devin, Devin Booker. Booker. For giving me the game plan, trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> exactly. It's always better when he asks. Trust the, <laughs> trust the process. But okay, you got so you have them going four and one. Four and one. All right. Before I get uh, out, maybe three and two. That Phoenix game I got as a toss up. Okay. All right. End of a road trip mm -hmm. at home where they were fresh. I'd say it'd be a definite win. End of, end of a road trip. I, second half Phoenix, of a back and back. A hot Phoenix. Second half of a back to back. That's a toss-up for me right now. Okay. All right. Well, look, at the very best, three and two. Three and two, four three and, and two. one. Do, what do you have them doing on Saturday? Saturday night against uh, the Raptors. Was it conspicuous that I hadn't picked that game all show? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why we got. Well, that's why we waited to the end. I hadn't picked that game all show. I was avoiding picking that game. Okay. If you want, look, man, it's your prerogative. You want to drop a no comment on this one? Toronto 108, Sixers 99. Oh, man. So you got them dropping three games to the Raptors so far this season. Mm -hmm. All right. I man. do. Okay. That's why I, yeah. I, I was in, yeah, I was yeah. trying to be yeah. conspicuously absent on that yeah. bit. Well, all right. Well, I hope I'm wrong. All right, real quick. I truly man, hope I'm real wrong. Real quick before we get out of here, what are your thoughts on the Eagles? Eagles, uh, Eagles, Eagles Texans. Texans this Sunday. Can the Eagles do it? Can this magical ride? Are you on the Foles train? Deshaun Watson has taken the most sacks in the league. Yes. The Eagles, who don't like the blitz, struggle against mobile quarterbacks. DeAndre Hopkins and Demarius Thomas are a nice receiving duo. Yes, they are. 
the only serviceable corner the Eagles have right now is Avante Maddox. Lamar Miller is hurt with a with a with an ankle issue. Mm-hmm. Not sure if he's going to be playing. If he is, he's not likely to be a hundred percent. And the Eagles' defensive line looked like it came to life last week. Texans' defense is solid. Eagles' offense looked like it came to life last week. Mm-hmm. All this to say, Texans twenty four. Yes. Eagles twenty seven. There you go. Sir. It's all right, man. It's been a stressful show for you. It has. It, it has, has been, been a stressful, stressful show. show. It has been a stressful show. I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles are playing desperate. I think you, you what you saw last Sunday was a desperate team. I like them playing desperate. Absolutely. They don't blitz a lot. I think they blitz more on Sunday. I think you'll see a more aggressive team. I like, I like, I like Nick Foles. <laughs> I like, I, I like him against his defense. I say, you ready? I don't know what happened this show. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know either. Thirty-one twenty Eagles. Thirty-one twenty Eagles. Thirty-one twenty Eagles. Eagles we both picked them Eagles over I'm the Texans. Mello, John, like uh, Nick Foles. It's the end of the world. It is the end of the world. At least the end of the year. We're, we're getting there. We're almost there. We're almost there. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for rocking with the best. This is the best in the world sports report. My name is John Brown. This is my partner in crime, Mike Jones. Who? I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> make sure you make sure you check us out. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at B I T W Sports. Make sure you listen to this podcast on SoundCloud.com slash B I T W Sports or on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Just search Best in the World Sports Report. And also listen to us every Saturday morning at five, oh, excuse me, at eight AM. 8 a.m. phillygoflow.com. Also, again, on Sunday mornings at about 3.30. I don't know. If you're up and you just can't sleep, listen to us. Go to phillygoflow.com, and I promise you, you will hear me and Mike Jones talking about something. I don't know what it is. It might be Mike's show. It might be my show. I don't know. But we're, we're there, all right? We're there. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We'll catch, we'll, we'll check you out next week, all right? Peace. Peace. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Gold Flow.